and celebrate students. We've been doing a series of talks uh, called But Why, okay? But Why, that's what it's called. I have, like I said, I have children, so a lot of what I talk about now just kind of goes directly through what God shows me through raising young children. My daughter's very curious, very smart, much smarter than me. Um, and one of the questions she frequently asks is, but why? You know, but why? And not silly things. She has, like, legitimate questions, like things that, you know, like I really don't know the answers to uh, often. And so um, I thought it was interesting. And I wanted to bring that up. I want to talk about this um, in, 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 into our youth ministry because something that I think about when I think about your children, I think about my children is, is what do I want them to know when they have left high school? What are some things that, because someday I will stand before God. I will stand before God, and God will say, yes, you may have had a lot of kids in there. You may have done small groups. You may have done X, Y, Z, thrown water balloons or pied yourself in the face. But what did they learn? And that's something that I will be held responsible for. And so I have to ask myself the question, but why? But why do we do this? And so this, just to kind of recap, the first week we talked about why do we go to church? What is this building? Why do we meet here? The second week we talked about why the Bible? We talked about um, the Bible and where it came from, who decided, and how was it decided? Uh, how was it really the word of God? How do we know that? And we basically traded some lies for truth um, during that series. And tonight we continue the But Why series of talks with uh, But Why Do We Pray? Why do we pray? But why? Prayer. We're going to talk about the topic of prayer tonight. So first, let me pray, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit. I have some scriptures for you. If you want to get uh, in your Bible ahead of us, go to Matthew 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. We'll read there in a minute. But first, let me pray. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you, Father God, for this body of believers. We are the church. We are your people. Father, I pray, Lord God, that those that have come here tonight to receive a word from you, God, that you would begin to break up the unfallowed ground. Father, that you would begin to make our hearts ready, Lord God, for the word, Father, which is infallible, incorruptible, indestructible, and it's coming their way right now, Father God. I pray that you would speak through me, Father, that you would not let a single word come out of my lips unless it's straight from the throne room of heaven. In the name of Jesus, help me to articulate, help me to enunciate, all words and all thoughts straight from the throne room of heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Well, check this out. So the word in Hebrew for prayer, because let me just tell you something. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible was written in three different languages. It was written in Aramaic. It was written in Hebrew. and was also written in Greek. And let me just tell you, there are just some words in Hebrew that we just don't have words for in English. Okay, we just don't have words for them. It's just, it's just, they're just not, it's not possible. So a lot of Hebrew words are kind of like groups of English words that mean lots of different things. Prayer is one of those words. In fact, the word prayer in the Bible, the one that's most commonly used, is a Hebrew word called tefillah. Okay, if, if you can speak Hebrew, I'm sorry. Okay, I drank some water earlier and my throat was feeling kind of scratchy. I know that I'm supposed to a little bit with the word, but it's tefillah, okay? That's the best I got, all right? And here's what it means. It means this. It means to think. It means to entreat, to judge, to intercede. And the reflexive of the word actually means to judge oneself and also to pray, which is where our English interpretation of it comes from, which is like plead or beg or, 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 or intercede with God, okay? That's where, that's where that comes from. 
And so, there's my mirror right there, excellent. Okay, and so let me just explain to you. I thought it was very interesting when I looked at that definition of tehillah, the word pray, that it actually means to examine oneself. I thought that was really, really interesting and what that means and, and, and how that can be applied to our lives. So check this out. So I have this mirror here, okay? This mirror is my visual illustration. Um, and basically, if you would imagine prayer as being something like a time spent in front of the mirror, how many of you, when you wake up in the morning, you wake up in the morning, you go and you stand in front of a mirror. There's always that mirror, right? It's like in that place where you check yourself out before you go to work. Let me hear you say amen, okay? Okay, it's true. Amen. That's right. You have to. You have to, okay? I have, like I said, small children. My son, um, from time to time, or my daughter, one of them, you just have to be quiet. I told you he's part monster, and before 730, he's especially vicious, okay? And so if you wake him up before that time, you are in for a fight, Okay, and let me tell you something. I got to get ready. Daddy's got to get coffee. Okay, daddy's got to turn some worship music on and get his mind right before we, we go to work with Mike Wazowski. Okay, and so in the morning time when my son's asleep, I'm trying to be very quiet. Okay, as I get ready in the morning. So what I do is I don't even turn the lights on. But I'm telling you, this baby can sense motion. He can, he's got like motion sensors built in. And as soon as the light comes on, he wakes up. You're laughing too hard now, right now. You must know my son. And so... Anyways, he, he's got like built-in motion sensors or something inside of him. So you turn the light on, you're, you're quiet, you can't put shoes on, nothing. So oftentimes I get dressed in the dark, okay? I get dressed in the dark, I go into my closet, and I put on a shirt that I thought was gray. It's actually green. And if it wasn't for this thing right here, I'd be wearing a green shirt right now, okay? Because I have to stand in front of the mirror in order to examine myself to see that there are some things in order or out of order, Okay, I wear glasses, not just because I think I look cool, because I actually need them to see, okay? Now, you don't know how many times I have been driving to work and realized that the road this morning looks especially different. There's just, I can't get it. I don't know what it is. And there's maybe not enough coffee. Maybe there just was, I should have had three sugars instead of two. And I'm thinking through all of these different things. And then I do this out of habit. I go like this. And I realize there's nothing there. And I've forgotten my glasses. This is why I cannot see. But this is also why I have a mirror in my home that I need to look and I need to examine myself and I need to see that things are in order and things are the way they are supposed to be. The glasses are on my face is number one of those things, okay? It sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's true. You see, and so I say this to say about prayer in that term and what it means to examine oneself. It means it is a time spent, not where we will reveal our needs to God, but instead it's an opportunity for him to reveal our our needs to us as if you could reveal things to God that he did not already know the Bible says he knew our thoughts from afar it said that he knit us together in the innermost place it says that he has created us with a purpose and a destiny there is a time there is a place things were made and you were divine for moments just like this one where you could be examined by God and so prayer in one of its many meanings, in one of its many forms, can mean a time to examine and where God will examine you. I didn't plan on saying this, but I want to have a family moment. While I was on the, on, the, on the front row right there, I was worshiping. You never underestimate the power of worship, okay? You never underestimate the power of worship. I was in prayer. 
and I was worshiping God, and I was just, I had my hands raised because it's kind of like an outward expression of an inward emotion. It's kind of like saying, like, God, I just maybe don't even feel like doing this right now, but I'm just going to put my hands up, okay? And as I was doing it, I, I started to replay this conversation in my heart and in my mind, and I started to say it out loud, and it was a conversation I had with somebody that I was upset with, I was bitter with. I started to s- repeat the conversation out of nowhere right there, and I literally thought to myself, like, why did you just think that? Because I had been examined in my prayers. And I said, you know what? I forgive that person right now, God. That just happened. Prayer is a time where God will reveal things. He will examine you in your prayers. So tonight, but that doesn't explain why. So tonight, we're going to talk about But why? But why do we do it? I'm going to give you two points. They're very simple. One is the purpose and the practice. I just gave you the whole points. You can leave if you like. I'm just kidding. But let me get into them first, okay? The purpose and the practice of prayer. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The first one is the purpose. This is why we do it. It's very simple. The purpose, the purpose is this. The purpose of prayer is that it makes us aware of, of God and the need for God in our lives. It makes us aware. I heard somebody say this one time. I wish I knew who said it, but but I'm not sure. He said, you know, the most selfish thing you can do is not pray. Because what it says to God is, I don't need you. I don't need you. When instead, the purpose of prayer is an awareness of how much we actually need God. Let's talk about that real quick, because what do we need? In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, if you turn in your Bibles, Jesus is having a conversation with some of his disciples, some of his, uh, um, his youth group. Basically, I like to say that Jesus was a youth pastor. Being a youth pastor myself, I like, I like that term. Jesus was about 30, 33, you know, in that range, three years where he ministered. Uh, and, 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 and his disciples, theologians say, were anywhere between the age of about 12, 13, up to 23. So that means Jesus had a following of 12, uh, about 12, 12 people that followed him, like a little small group. Jesus, Jesus was a youth pastor okay I just want to put that down there for you okay Matthew 16 verse 13 through 17 it says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is well they replied some say John the Baptist some say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets then he asked them but who do you say I am Simon Peter answered, as always, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed. Everybody say revealed. He has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You see, it is through prayer that God will actually reveal things to you that human minds, that National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Stephen Hawking cannot explain to you. Okay? It is through times of prayer that God will reveal things to you that otherwise would not be known. Peter had this this revelation, and Jesus even recognized it, and he said the only way you could possibly know that that was true, because nobody on this earth told you that, is because you've spent time with God. And when you spend time with God in prayer, you spend time with God in reflection, you spend time with God in this place, in this moment, God will reveal things to you 
that otherwise you would never know. How many of you know, how many of you know right now that you have a need, you have an awareness for God's revelation in your life? How many of you need wisdom at work? How many of you need patience with your children? How many of you need creativity at, with your boss and, and your job and on the teams you work with? How many of you need green lights in the morning on the way to work some mornings, okay? We need God to just reveal to us some things, okay? It's the truth. It's the truth. And that's what happens. That's what happens when you spend time with God in prayer. He will reveal things to you. The second thing is that when you spend time in prayer, God will release things. God will release things over you. You know my mouth is dry, don't you? He knew that because he spent time with God. (laughs) Human beings could not have revealed that to you, Pastor Isaiah. Man's anointed. What was I saying? Oh, release. Release, that's right. He will release heaven over your life. Uh, Pastor Frankie has been doing this series where the kingdom of heaven is like, I like to just generically call, generically call blessing, resources. We'll kind of dig into that in a minute. Uh, I just like to call that heaven. Like I just sometimes just say like, I don't know, I just need heaven right now. I just need heaven. And where I got that from comes from a scripture in Mark 1.10. In Mark 1.10, if you go back and read it, it's when Jesus was being baptized. It was like right in the beginning of his ministry. First thing he did is he went and he saw his cousin. He was like, Primo, I need your help. I need you to baptize me right now. Okay? And so he went and they got baptized. They got baptized. And the Bible says this in Mark 1.10. It says that as Jesus came up out of the water, it says that he saw heaven being torn open over him. And out from there, it says that the Holy Spirit was released in the form of a dove. How many of you know that when you pray, that when you pray, this is what I'm saying tonight, that when you pray, when you spend time with God, that heaven is released over you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there is access to resources, to things in the supernatural that we need in the natural. And it happens through times of prayer. Sometimes I just say, I just need heaven right now. I need to live under an open heaven. If anybody needs to live under an open heaven, let me hear you say amen right now. Say amen. That means so be it, by the way. I need to live under an open heaven at work. I need to live under an open heaven in my marriage. I need to live under an open heaven in my home. I need to live under an open heaven in my car. I need to live under an open heaven when I go through the mall. I just need to live under an open heaven. And that happens when we spend time with God in prayer. It happens when we spend time with God in prayer. Let me, you don't believe me, I'll give you two scriptures. Ephesians 3, verse 16 through 18. It says right now, it says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he's talking about heaven, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love, and he'll keep you strong. And may you have the power, everybody say the power, power. to understand as all God's people should, just how wide. How long, how high, and how deep his love is. You see, I believe that God has created us with a purpose and a destiny. If you don't believe me, it's in Ephesians 2.10. Read it. And so what I believe that means is, I believe that God has called us 
called us to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. There is a destiny and a purpose on our lives. And when we pray, when we access heaven, God will release the resources of heaven that will empower us and help us accomplish the things he's destined for us. The word says so. That's what it says. It says you have a pl- there's a plan for your life. There is a purpose for your life. And I'm going to give you the things that you need to do it. But what I need you to do is I need you to pray. I need you to live under an open heaven and to ask me. And I will reveal things to you that no man ever could. And I will release to you the tools necessary to do exactly what I've called you to do. Here's another scripture for you. It's in 2 Peter 1.3. I love this scripture. I've been living by this scripture lately. Check it out. 2 Peter 1.3. I think we have it on the screen. By his divine power, God has given us everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Say everything one more time. Everything. When I go to the store, I want to buy what? Okay, not just something, right? I need what? Okay, whenever I get paid in my paycheck, I want what? That's right, because that's what's owed to me. Everything we need for a living, a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. You have everything. That means you have access to heaven. You have access to heaven. Everything you need. Everything you need. Everything you need. Say, somebody say, I have everything I need. Say it. Say, I have everything I need. Say it louder. Say, I have everything I need. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, number two. Number two is the practice. Practice. This is why we pray. We pray for we pray for practice. Practice makes us better. I thought all week about whether or not I should do this or not. I think I'm just gonna do it. All right. Whose guitar is this? Who? Trace, can I borrow your guitar? Thanks, bro. Why are you? I thought about this. I didn't just make this up. Kind of. I played the guitar. Is it on? Yeah? I don't have a pick. Oh! (laughs) What? Calm down. I need another guitar player. Someone else. Daniel, come on up here. Pick up a guitar. I'm pretty good, right? I'm okay. I'm all right, right? I haven't played in a couple years, okay? Hold on, I'm going to have you play in a second. <laughs> All right, can you beat that? You got something for me? Just get down on it. Just, just come on, man. Just, 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 just play. You got something? Come on, Daniel's bad, by the way. 
Come on. Keep going. Keep going. Who wants else to wait? Come on. Keep going. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. No, I really do. I really, really do appreciate it. I really do. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I really do. Thank you very much. He's amazing. You see, the thing about prayer is if you don't practice, you kind of have, kind of have a sound, right? Like, I don't play that often. So I, when I play the guitar... It just kind of sounds different than it does when Daniel plays the guitar. <laughs> does that make sense? I mean, but it just does, right? Practice makes perfect, okay? Now, let me encourage everybody in the room that's like, I can't pray. God is not more pleased with any one person's prayer, He's not. And that's not even the type of practice that I mean. The practice is the participation that I'm talking about of prayer. It is the form of doing it over and over and over and over and over. I heard a story about a young Jewish boy who wanted to grow up and be a rabbi. He wanted to be a rabbi. And so he, he knew that if he was going to be a rabbi, he had to learn Hebrew. But he, he, didn't, he didn't know Hebrew as a first language. And so he was learning it. And so since he's a little boy and he's trying to learn to, to pray in Hebrew, all he knew were the ABCs in Hebrew. And so he would get into his tichala, he would get into his prayer time, and he would begin to, to they call it David, he'd begin to pray earnestly, fervently. But all he could say were the ABCs. That's all he could say, but he would do it over and over and, and, and so earnestly and, just, and just, just, just fervently just keep going and keep going and it's going. And finally, an older rabbi said, son, son, what are, you, what are you doing? I mean, all you're saying is the ABCs. And he said, no, I know that if I give God the letters, he'll string together the words. You see, that is the intention in the heart of prayer. It is where your heart is. It is when you, you don't have to do anything but just muster a sound. Just muster a sound. Why? Because God is pleased with the intention and the meditation of your heart because here's the thing the intention of prayer is intimacy that's why we pray we pray to practice intimacy here's the thing I want to get to know somebody pretend real real well okay how do I get to know them well I probably have to talk to them more than once am I right you want to know somebody intimately, you talk to them more than once. You talk to them often. You practice. You practice talking to each other. You talk to each other often. You talk to each other intimately. You talk to each other intently. You talk to each other with other things, other distractions outside of your mind. You ever talk to somebody before and their eyes are kind of like wandering? You're like, you don't really want to be here, do you? But like, that's the type of thing when you're praying, when you're praying that you're fixed with your eyes and your attention and your heart and your affection on God. And it creates an intimacy. It creates a bond between the two of you. That's 
That's why we pray. It's the practice of intimacy. It is good. As I'm closing, I'm going to share with you a story real quick. We pray because it's a time where God reveals our needs to us. It makes us aware of God. Through prayer, God will reveal. God will release things over our lives. We practice it, and we practice intimacy. because That's how we get to know him. It's kind of like when I play the guitar, it kind of sounds a little funny. But when Daniel plays the guitar, man, he's, he's, he's been intimate with that thing. He knows that thing. He didn't even have to look. He knows when he does this, what it's going to sound like. He knows when he hits the whammy bar, bam, he's going to do this. He knows because he practices. Can I tell you that God's pleased with your voice? Can I tell you tonight that God is pleased with the practice of intimacy and prayer with you? You may not know what to say. You may not know the words to utter up, to sound eloquent. And, you know, somebody prays and it's like, man, your King James is beautiful, bro. I appreciate that so much. It's just, you don't have to know all that. God is pleased with the intention and the practice for intimacy in your heart. And when you practice it often, it's kind of like playing the guitar. You start to sound different. So I encourage you tonight, practice intimacy with the Lord. Practice intimacy with the Lord through prayer. There's a man, his name's Charles Finney. He was born in 1792. He was an evangelist, very popular, uh, evangelical um, kind of founder of the faith, known as a radical preacher, just changed some things. Ended up becoming a president of a theological seminary. He was amazing, amazing man. Awesome stories about guys like that and the way they kind of really just shaped the world. Here's a story. He was preaching one time and doing a, a revival, and in the town he was doing in the, the revival in, in three years, the town's population had doubled, and the crime rate in the town had shrunk in half. Think about it. That's because men of God are awesome. James 5.16 says this. It says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Charles Finney told this story. It went like this. I'm just going to read it to you. He was coming to a town that he was going to have a revival service at. He was going to have a series of services over a series of nights where they were just really going to just pray for some awesome things to happen. And uh, the story goes like this. Um, he said, when I came to a town to start a revival service, a lady contacted me. Uh, I went like this because there was a phone. probably wasn't a phone, though. Um, she said, Pastor Finney, do you know a man named Father Nash? Father Nash was one of Finney's main prayer intercessors. He kind of went before Finney to go kind of like pray the house down, you know, find like a hotel room, you know, something like that. But in this case, he stayed with this lady. She said, he and two other men have been staying with me in my house for the last three days. And all three days, they haven't eaten anything. Now, obviously, fasting is not necessarily always a part of, of prayer, but in this case, for them, it was, okay? She said, when I listen to them pray at times, I hear them groaning. And, and when I looked in the room, I've seen them laying 
prostrate, like flat on their face is what that means, crying out to God. They've been lying there for so long, I'm afraid that something very terrible has happened to them. But when I get close, check this out, when I get close to the room, I feel such an awesome presence of God that I feel it unholy to walk in. So, Reverend Finney, could you please come to my house and see if these men are, on right, are all right? Everything's good with these guys? Reverend Finney answered like this. He said, ma'am, that'll be unnecessary. Those men, they're just men of fervent, effectual prayer. You see, your prayers have power. And I feel like something that's missing, something that's missing, it's missing in all generations, is that fervent, effectual, powerful prayer from the righteous men and women sitting all around you that will literally get out and they will say, I may not know what to say, I may not know what I even sound like, but I am going to pray and I'm going to seek you and I'm going to practice and I'm going to make the world around me change. Because I'm going to tell you something, prayer changes things.